It's always been a pleasure to be involved in community. This is a little off my, my presentation, but I have to say I grew up in the Air Force, and, um, and then I married a gentleman in the Army. And so it was hard to be a part of a community. It just it never occurred to me beyond the military base where we lived or the military folks that we were around. So when we kind of settled in Sierra Vista, it, it, was, it was an awakening for me that, wow, this is, I belong here. And, of course, as many of you have probably experienced, you, you do, it grows on you. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who said that they cried when they got here, especially after driving through Huachuca City. <laughs> and then... And then cried when they left because it had become such a part of, of their lives. So and that's sort of how I feel here, too. And it was, it was interesting to become a part of this community. And I feel like I have, and now I'm really glad to be able to serve here. So uh, I also want to thank you all very much for having me back. It's really a great pleasure to be here. And uh, I hope that uh, the little bit I have to say today is helpful and primarily that it stimulates conversation and uh, even if it's a bit of controversy, <laughs> it's good to um, come together and, and discuss these issues and hear other people's opinions. And that's the one thing that's difficult about being up here. It's not really a conversation and it'd be nice if we were just sitting in a big circle and having a conversation. But thank you again for having me. So I, I mentioned to Jean that <clears throat> and it was in the bulletin that I've chosen to use the words of the founder of the Baha'i Faith and a couple of other central figures for my presentation, so it'll mostly be quotations from these figures. So to bring you kind of um, up to date on who I'll be quoting, I'm going to give you just a brief introduction to the central figures of the Baha'i Faith. So Baha'u'llah which means the glory of God, lived from 1817 to 1892. He's the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith. Baha'u'llah claimed to be the latest, not the last, of the messengers from God. He taught the principles of the oneness of God and the oneness of the major religions, uh, to name Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and Baha'i. As a system, these, all, these messengers all t came together as a system of progressive revelation unfolding to humanity as humanity evolves. For these claims and teachings, he suffered for 40 years of imprisonment and was exiled from Iran to Akka in the Holy Land, where he passed away. So for four decades, thousands of verses, letters, and books flowed from his pen giving us some hundred volumes of sacred writings. In his will, Baha'u'llah appointed his eldest son, Abdu'l-Baha, who lived from 1844 to 1921, to be the authorized interpreter of his teachings and the head of the Baha'i faith. Abdu'l-Baha's writings and authoritative texts of his utterances constitute a central part of Baha'i scripture. Abdu'l-Baha traveled to Europe and the United States between 1911 and 1912 to promote the message of the Baha'i faith. And let's see, I, I think 
There, I believe there may be still a few people who were little bitty kiddos at that time who uh, still are aware of that his presence was in their home or in their community. Uh, one of the time he visited San Francisco and also Denver. I don't remember the other cities. Um, now, um, let's see. The eldest grandson of Abdu'l-Bahá was appointed the guardian of the Baha'i faith by Abdu'l-Bahá. Uh, his uh, title was Shoghi Effendi, and he lived from 1897 to 1957. He guided the worldwide growth of the Baha'i community through his extensive correspondence, much of which has been collected in book form, and we look to for information uh, to various issues. And finally, we have the Universal House of Justice. It's the International Governing Council of the Baha'i Faith. Baha'u'llah ordained the creation of this institution in his book of laws called the Katabi Akdas. Since 1963, the Universal House of Justice has guided the Baha'i world uh, to develop its capacity to participate in building a prosperous global civilization. And for me, I've been a Baha'i since 1972, and uh, there's a very small community in Sierra Vista. It used to be a lot larger. People come and they go, but right now we have a very small community of about five people <laughs> and uh, in Cochise County, and we often get together with folks in Cochise County. There's about 40 Baha'is, and around the uh, globe in over 200 countries, there's about 7 million Baha'is. So when I, I don't know why I said yes to Jean, <laughs> but when I, I said yes, and I was very enthusiastic to come back to uh, the UU community, um, I realized this is really a complex, complex topic, and there's so many different ways of looking at justice. Um, I found uh, there's socioeconomic, civil, criminal, and political justice, and there's distributive, procedural, retributive, retributive, <laughs> and restorative justice, and that's just a few of the different ways to look at this topic. So I decided that I wasn't going to go into all of that, and, um, but, but I did come across something really interesting that I thought I would share from a website called beyondintractability.com. And this is a um, conflict research site for the University of Colorado, but I kind of liked just that it said this, that justice ensures that people receive their fair share of the goods available, that people receive fair treatment from society's institutions, that people's actions conform to rules of fair play, and that injustices are adequately, adequately addressed. I thought that was well said and fits into the discussion of justice. And then I realized, because my head works this way, that, oh man, now we have to talk about justice and fairness. Where do they fit together? But I thought that'll be another topic for another time. So in preparing then, I narrowed my scope to looking to the writings of the central figures of the Baha'i faith and to answer, hopefully to your satisfaction, or at least to some degree of curiosity on your part, what is justice, how do we learn to be just, and how do we practice justice? 
And again, I'm using mostly the Baha'i writings. So from the words of Baha'u'llah, the best beloved of all things in my sight is justice. Turn not away therefrom if thou desirest me, and neglect it not that I may confide in thee. By its aid thou shalt see with thine own eyes, and not through the eyes of others, and shalt know of their, thy own knowledge, and not through the knowledge of thy neighbor. Ponder this in thy heart, how it behooveth thee to be. Verily, justice is my gift to thee, and the sign of my loving kindness. Set it then before thine eyes. Well, that's it. (laughs) Actually, you know, as I read and reread, and of course over the years this has been a constant um, point of conversation, um, it seems to me that justice is something we sort of, we get. And I know as members of this congregation, it's highly important to you. But it seems to me this is something that we have the capability if we open up our hearts that we have the capability within us, and probably from very early years, to understand what justice is, and at the same time, then, what justice is not. And I threw this in. uh, When law is divorced from the moral sanction of religious convictions, presently the law is corrupted by passion, prejudice, private interest, and misguided sentimentality. Well, that hits a little hard, but um, again, I'm not, I don't have all, a lot of answers, but I do have, and I think this is most important, things to ponder upon. So most likely, all of us here, and I, I think, I suppose, entertain some, no, uh, some notion of what justice signifies. And how do, we, how do we get that? How do we have that notion? Well, from the, the comments of Baha'u'llah here, I think we, we have it. We just have to develop and, and uh, strengthen that knowledge that we perhaps innately have. But some of it we also get a sense of from perhaps our parents and observing the people around us. Uh, probably from reading, too, to some degree, we make decisions about what seemed just and what didn't. Uh, Even watching TV and going to the movies, we learn that a crime is an act of omission, which the law punishes on behalf of the state. And in some faith practices, we learn that a sin is a transgression against moral law with divine sanctions, And in that sense, it's God and not the state that punishes or forgives sins. Um, Okay, enough said about that. Uh, No man, and this is from Baha'u'llah again, say, no man can attain his true station except through his justice. So note that I believe, I think, and I hope you agree, justice is a virtue. Virtues are the very meaning and purpose of our lives, the content of our character, and the truest expression of our souls. People of all cultures, all ethnicities and beliefs, 
uh, to people of all uh, cultures and ethnicities and beliefs, virtues are the uh, are the um, the essence of authentic success. And I think that's another term and a, a thought to keep close. And that's authentic success. What is it really? And that's a whole other topic too. But what does it really mean? that when we find success or to know that we have success in our lives. And I'm just going to talk a couple of minutes about virtue. Virtue means power, strength, and inner quality. Virtues are the elements of the human spirit. They grow stronger whenever we use them. A a six-year-old once said in in a children's class, virtues are what's good in us. So... Sometimes it's the little kids that tell it, teach us the most. And a little bit more about virtues. And this I found from a group that's called thevirtuesproject.com. <laughs> and they've been around since uh, around 1991, I believe, and have uh, a program that has uh, spanned the globe in a lot of schools and, and even communities around the world. And you can find them online. Each of us has both strength virtues we can rely on and growth virtues that are the challenges of our, to our character. I found that really interesting. And when you look at a list of all the possible virtues, and, and the list goes on and on, um, there's one that they use with kids that has about 52 virtues on it, but another one with adults that must have about 100 uh, on it. But um, the growth virtues that are the challenges to our character. A lifelong learner never gives up hope that at any moment we can awaken a virtue by choosing to live it. The Virtues Project is all about bringing these virtues to life. I, I found that kind of a hopeful kind of a, of a statement because oftentimes we, we spend too much time which I'm doing right now, <laughs> but we spend too much time um, worrying about what we aren't instead of realizing that we can be these things that we think we ought to be or we, we know we ought to be, and it's never too late, and that's always a good thing. Um, but when I was going through kind of refreshing my mind on this topic of justice, I found out that what I was most interested in is how do you actually do the just How do you know you're being a just person? And again, I I believe all of us in this room will recognize those times when we we thought, oh gosh, that wasn't quite right, what I did. And maybe that's a feeling of maybe it wasn't a just thing or a kind thing or a gentle thing to do or a compassion, excuse me, or a compassionate thing. We kind of have this sense within us or we can tell by the way our mom or dad looked at us <laughs> that it wasn't right. And all the faiths have a golden rule. One way that the Baha'i faith expresses it is, and this was in response to a question, and if thine eyes be turned towards justice, choose thou for thy neighbor that which thou choosest for thyself. So, I mean, we know the golden rule. We know what it means, and then we just have to keep making an effort to practice it and make it work. So I'm going to skip that little piece for a minute. 
If an individual violates the spiritual laws for his own development, he will cause injury, not only to himself, but to the society in which he lives. Now, that was from the Universal House of Justice, and generally they're responding to some question someone asks. But I, I think, and I'm sure in, in the writings of, uh, uh, that reflect the teachings of Jesus Christ and the other messengers, that message is there, that we not only hurt ourselves, but we hurt those around us when we violate spiritual laws. However, it should be recognized that the ultimate solution to the problems of humanity lies not in penalties and punishments, but rather in spiritual education and illumination. And I'll go on to say a little bit more about punishment and stuff, but, but that, that really struck me too because Baha'is believe that we're just on this path towards making the world a better place. And not only are we just on the path, but we have a long way to go. But if we don't start... And in learning what the latest messenger is teaching us, or I should say even what the past messengers have taught us, if we don't start on that path and move forward vigorously, it'll just take longer and longer for us to to get the world to where it can be. And I started to put in somewhere along in here uh, that our children will continue. And then I realized I've got grandkids that... (laughs) That will be continuing this and their kids. So, but we're, we're laying the path, as, uh, as you know. Um, justice hath a might, and this is from Baha'u'llah, justice hath a mighty force at its command. That sounds so good. It is none other than reward and punishment for the deeds of men. By the power of this force, the tabernacle of order is established throughout the world, causing the wicked to restrain their natures for fear of punishment. Well, it's not working real good right now, but we don't give up hope, right? and we know that working this path, and I, it's, it's a little abstract and a little difficult for me to explain, and I don't know that you need my explanation, but that by what we do, how we act, It has a strong influence in all the good that we do. And I believe, I truly believe the day will come when people will refrain, just like when we were kids. You refrain from doing the bad things because you know the punishment will be uh, something you don't want. So you refrain. And I think as, as good prevails in this world, that will be the case. And yes, I believe there will always be people who do bad things, but I think those numbers will be greatly reduced because of the people who do good things. Justice is not limited. In It is a universal quality. Its operation must be carried out in all classes, from the highest to the lowest. Justice must be sacred, and the rights of all the people must be considered. Desire for others only that which you desire for yourselves. Then shall we rejoice in the sun of justice, which shines from the horizon of God. And this is from Abdu'l-Baha. Another quote from Baha'u'llah. O oppressors on earth, and this is to the bad guys, 
withdraw your hands from tyranny, for I have pledged myself not to forgive any man's injustice. This is my covenant, which I have irrevocably decreed in the preserved tablet and sealed with my seal. That's a covenant, and it's about not forgiving. And uh, I don't question the words of the manifestations. I don't always understand them, but I think that's pretty clear. And I, I uh, well, that's enough about that, because that's pretty, um, pretty heavy words. But we know that the manifestations of God could deal a heavy hand when it was needed. And I believe that's Baha'u'llah's heavy hand. Only if you perceive honor and nobility in every human being, the indep- uh, this uh, being independent of wealth or poverty, will you be able to champion the cause of justice. I think folks understand that pretty clearly. The kingdom of God is founded upon equity and justice, and also upon mercy, compassion, and kindness to every living soul. Strive ye then with all your heart to treat compassionately all humankind. And I was faced with a bit of a dilemma. Some of you who've been to council meetings may be aware of a gentleman who speaks at almost every council meeting. And he doesn't always connect uh, with the audience. Uh, but one time somebody said, and this is, these are the words that person used, why do we let that speak at our council meetings? And uh, I was pretty shocked, primarily at the question, but also at the use of that instead of him. But anyway, I believe we do it, uh, not because it's become tradition, but because I believe there's a, a spirit of compassion in our council and uh, respect for this man as a person. And he has something he wants to say, even though it's not always clear uh, throughout the whole conversation what it is, what point he's trying to make. So I believe our compassion is part of that and that it's important. You're welcome. Um, trust in the oh, second. okay. I, I wanted. I thought this was important too. This is something from the Universal House of Justice that was said to youth at a um, at a congress or get together in Paraguay in 2000. But listen and see how well it fits today, and it fits all of us. Trust in the capacity of this generation to disentangle itself from the embroilments of a divided society. To discharge your responsibilities, you will have to show forth courage, the courage of those who cling to standards of rectitude, whose lives are characterized by purity of thought and action, whose purpose is directed by love and indomitable faith. As you dedicate yourselves to healing the wounds with which your peoples have been afflicted, you will become invincible champions of justice. 
And that's who we can be and are in many cases. And I, I just imagine what it's like for youth to hear this and hopefully be able to proceed. And I don't know what conflict was going on in Paraguay at the time, but, you know, there's so many conflicts, it fits in many, many situations. So in closing, consider justice is vital to the establishment of unity and harmony at all levels of society as it provides the standard by which individual conduct and collective effort are judged. A requirement for living a life of service to humanity, then, is constant effort to develop the virtue of justice, ensuring that it is ever-present in thought and action. And I'll end there. And thank you so much for your attention.